0: Hello, hello everyone, this is the Frankly Daniel Show, and I'm the Daniel in the Frankly part of this enterprise. It's my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights, and it's an honor to be here with you today. So much to cover, so much to say. So let's jump right in. Today's show is entitled Biden and Fauci's COVID Policies for Dummies, Part 3. I should change this to Biden's and Fauci's COVID Follies for Dummies, Part 3. But in any event, you're going to see there's a lot of political dummies shoveling a lot of bad advice and outright misleading information about all things COVID. And those of us who've been played for chumps, we're the Neanderthal deplorable dummies for allowing ourselves to be victimized by the far left's agenda. And what might that agenda be, you ask? Well, it's to control all things COVID, to instill fear, anxiety, depression, confusion, and ultimately to control us in order to advance a socialist agenda. And what socialist agenda am I talking about? Well, the agenda to make the government bigger and us dependent on it for everything. But America's fighting back. More red state governors are rolling back mask mandates for school-age children. They're signing anti-mandatory vaccine passport laws. And importantly, they're restricting by law mandatory COVID vaccinations as a prerequisite to attending classes. In Georgia, for instance, Republican Governor Kemp just signed an executive order preventing schools and school districts from mandating COVID vaccines as a condition of class attendance. And importantly, this law covers every student from kindergarten through and including all publicly funded colleges and universities in the state of Georgia. I say hallelujah. It's about time we reclaimed our civil rights. You know, those rights we lent government so they could crush this pandemic but recently we've seen how the Biden administration is using this lent authority to control our behavior instead of following the science they've preached they're following. If it's science they're following, it's political science and not medical or public health science. First, I have to thank you so much for your tremendous response to last week's show entitled, Biden's COVID Policies for Dummies Part Two. In last week's show, I continued exposing the damaging, senseless policies of the Biden administration and his false prophet, Dr. Gloom himself, Dr. Anthony Fauci's campaign of erroneous and misleading information. Now, I'm hardly the first to call out Dr. Fauci as a delusional liar. That position surely marks me as a Trump conservative. Do you want to hear what the leftist propagandists, the media, and certain Democrats think of Dr. Gloom? Well, here's
1: a small sample. Dr. Anthony Fauci is our country's top infectious disease doctor. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci.
2: The one and only Dr.
1: Anthony Fauci. He's been a rare source of clarity in the Trump administration's response. Dr. Fauci is a truth teller. He's science, knowledge, evidence, data. And that's what we have to have if we're going to have a
3: cure.
0: Now, I don't know if that was a wake or if that was an introduction to Dr. Fauci, but Dr. Fauci recently told Senator Rand Paul, who also happens to be a physician, that his department, the NIH Center for Infectious Disease, had not funded research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. Dr. Fauci was quite adamant about this in his May 11th testimony. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the
3: lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute.
0: If it turns out, if the NIH had funded so-called gain-of-function research, at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and this is the coronavirus that escaped from that lab through an alleged accidental spill in the laboratory, then Dr. Fauci, the NIH, America, and a whole lot of other people are in deep, deep trouble. So the first line of business is to discover whether Dr. Fauci and the NIH had anything to do with what's become the largest pandemic in modern history. If not, then we can concentrate on whether China was conducting such research on its own and if the origin of COVID came from that lab accident. Curiously, we learned several days after Dr. Fauci's May 11 testimony that the NIH had granted $600,000 for viral study research at this level 4 Virology Laboratory in Wuhan, China. This is the level four facility, which is the highest level for such a lab. And there's only one in the entire country of China. Finally, Fauci, when asked about the funding, gave the following answer. So we had a
3: modest collaboration with very respectable Chinese uh, uh, scientists who are world experts on coronavirus. And we did that through a sub-grant from a larger grant to EcoHealth. The sub-grant was about $600,000 over a period of five years, so it was a modest amount, and the purpose of it was to study the animal-human interface to do surveillance and to determine if these bat viruses were even capable of transiting infection to humans.
0: Well, Fauci still can't tell us that, in fact, the Chinese didn't spend this money on gain-of-function research. But many in Congress believe it was for gain-of-function research, and some, like Republican Representative Mike Gallagher from Wisconsin's 8th District, has a lot to say about Dr. Fauci's waffling and outright misrepresentations throughout the entire pandemic.
3: Uh, Fauci was out there saying, we don't need to worry, the Chinese Communist Party has it under control, and we will not see human-to-human transmission. And a week later, we saw our first case of human-to-human transmission in America. Then, of course, Fauci's admitted to lying to us about the masks, and now... A week and a half ago, he was in front of the Senate, and when questioned by Senator Rand Paul, uh, I believe he either uh, straight out lied or is hiding behind a highly legalistic interpretation of -of gain-of-function research.
0: In either case, he's not being fully forthcoming. Well, we'll get back to this in a bit. As it turns out, Fauci's prevarications aren't the only problems of misinformation circulating in Biden's administration's departments of health information. You can add the episodic confusion perpetuated by the CDC about all things COVID to Fauci's problems. For instance, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director recently said pregnant women should get the COVID vaccination. However, the problem with this advice is that pregnant women were purposely excluded from all the COVID vaccine clinical trials. Pregnant women are never included in such early trials for any vaccine. After all, these vaccines only have emergency use authorization. So how does Dr. Walensky know they're safe for pregnant women and their babies? Uh, Well, she doesn't. As the face masks come off, we're beginning to see more facts and the lies built on half-truths about COVID, its origin, the vaccines, and the lame false mitigating public health guidance we've all been choking on for the last 15 months. Let me stop here and invite you to listen to my two prior podcasts entitled Biden's COVID Policies for Dummies, Parts 1 and 2. You can do this by going to the brand new and very cool America Out Loud website. When you get there, look for the menu for Shows. You'll quickly discover the Frankly Daniels Show listed with scores of other fantastic daily and weekly conservative radio shows. Click the Frankly Daniels Show link and it'll take you to these two podcasts along with all my other shows. Please note that Biden COVID Policies for Dummies Parts 1 and 2 are not sequential, meaning you can listen to them in any order you wish. They're not dependent on each other. Today I'm going to talk about the exploding information about the true origins of the coronavirus that causes COVID-19. As promised last week, I'm going to address the Biden administration, the CDC's, Dr. St. Fauci's, and the liberal established media's unrelenting campaign to push parents into consenting to vaccinate their 73 million American children who have an infinitesimally small risk of harm from COVID-19. The following clip is of Dr. Fauci.
3: What is an important factor in the safety of the children is the degree of infection that's ongoing in the community. And if you look at the last few weeks, the number of infections per day have gone down in a very steady, encouraging manner.
0: What follows is Dr. Jay Bhattacharya's comments in regard to Dr. Fauci's comments. Jay Bhattacharya is a professor of medicine at Stanford Medical School. He's also a world-renowned physician and epidemiologist. Let's listen to what he's got to say.
2: I mean, we vaccinated the vulnerable population in the US. That's a great victory in many ways. We've, we protected the people who are most at risk from COVID. Children are not at risk from COVID at very substantial rates. More children died last year from the flu than COVID. And yet we closed our schools for a year in many of the, in the blue states for, for my kids didn't go to school last year. Uh, and the, at that harmed our kids. Uh, are we going to then close schools again if cases tick up when we've already protected the vulnerable population of COVID? Uh, it's just an amazing thing to me to watch him say that, uh, that we should be tracking cases as a metric for deciding whether to keep schools open. The schools should be open. They should be open now everywhere, and they should be open in the fall again everywhere. We should stop harming our children by denying them their birthright, which is, which is an education.
0: Remember, both the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines are emergency use only for adolescents and teenagers aged 12 years and up as it currently stands. They're working on vaccines for children all the way to the age of six months and up. And there is no end of controversy about this. Here's one more clip from Dr. Scott Atlas, who is a member of President Trump's COVID-19 task force. Dr. Atlas is a professor of medicine at Stanford Medical School and a senior fellow at the hoover institute
1: well i mean i could say it this way if you want to look at the data an unvaccinated child is safer than a vaccinated 85 year old and so i mean there's a complete disconnect again a denial of the science it's not about the science now it's about denying the science and the data and the science has said for over a year that young children have an extremely low risk of anything serious and particularly nearly zero nearly zero risk of death they really uh, you know there, there's just a distortion here i think parents need to really think things through talk with their doctor and make intelligent decisions because the experts uh, are really saying almost nonsense
0: once we review the facts you'll see the only real emergency has to do with the freedom parents and teens will be allowed to enjoy because they'll no longer be under the restrictions of the teachers unions and the CDC's onerous and unscientific masking mandates for school attendance, recreation, and sports. Just take these COVID shots and finally teens will be able to go to summer camp unencumbered. But isn't this coercion? What if there's a future personal medical price our children have to pay for an unfettered summer of fun. Eventually, we'll be confronted with whether we're willing to take the risk of unknown COVID-19 adverse events in trade-off for some promised protection and the restoration of their rights as children to an education and the freedom to be children. Moreover, will we decide to vaccinate children as young as six months old, simply the calm fears of parents who have been sorely misinformed with the same fear-driven, crazed coercion that has ruled our own lives for the last 16 months. I ask you, what do we really know about pediatric COVID-19 vaccinations other than politicians and sections of the medical establishment want children vaccinated? Wait until you hear why the Academy of Pediatrics is recommending childhood vaccinations. That'll blow your socks off. But before we get into that, something recently came to my attention and I'd like to share it with you. I don't know if you're aware, but President Biden is considering giving China, India, and other lesser developed nations the COVID vaccine intellectual property rights. This would allow them to produce the vaccines themselves using our technological proprietary knowledge. At first glance, this seems awfully generous, moral, and ethical. However, it's not. And it's not his to give away in the first place. The American taxpayer, pharma, and their investors have paid for the development of all of this technology. Well, like the nuclear technological breakthroughs in the 1940s, this technology can be used for good and for evil. To transfer this technology, President Biden would have to agree to a waiver of what's called the trade related aspects of intellectual property rights this is also known as trips a trips agreement this would allow china india and other nations access to intellectual formulas and technologies of american-made covid vaccines first this would be a dangerous breach of our life sciences and biopharmaceuticals precision medicine and diagnostic intellectual property as And that's a mouthful, let me tell you. As noted in a letter from 16 Republican senators to our Secretary of Commerce and our United States trade representatives, these senators state, quote, almost immediately after these vaccines, the COVID vaccines, were proven to work, China and other countries, which regularly steal American intellectual property, like India and South Africa, began urging the World Trade Organization to grant A TRIPS waiver. At worst, this action will provide a boost to the Chinese Communist Party's vaccine diplomacy and undercut American leadership on vaccine distribution throughout the world. In other words, China would develop these vaccines and then they would go around, you know, gaining good favor with other nations based on our technology as opposed to using it on their own people. These nations claim that granting such a waiver would speed the development of new vaccine capacity, but nothing could be further than the truth. Unquestionably, there's a shortage of COVID vaccines available to developing nations. America is and has always been the most generous nation I think this planet has ever actually witnessed. We've already donated more than 80 million vaccine doses and millions upon millions more are on the way. As this letter points out, quote, the reason why there's not enough vaccine doses at this time is simple. The supply chain lacks the technological capacity. Vaccine production is a complex technical and logistical process with limited technical resources. In other words, these countries don't have the skilled scientists and technicians at these companies. At best, all President Biden's giveaway to China and India and others will do is foster uncoordinated vaccine nationalism as companies jump in to try to coerce technology transfer and manufacturing locally. Their letter goes on to say, quote, it's not surprising that China, India, and South Africa want to steal our intellectual property and medical technology. What is surprising is that an American president, especially one who claims to be a jobs president, would force American companies to give their medical technology and manufacturing processes to foreign adversaries like China. Simply put, the Biden administration's support for a TRIPS waiver puts America's interests last and China's interests first. End Boy does that sound familiar with the Biden administration, doesn't it? As you can imagine, giving up the intellectual property rights, or should I say, Waving them so China, India, and other countries can have access to the very same intellectual capital and designs developed by American pharmaceutical companies is dangerous and outrageous. It makes one wonder what the Chinese have on Joe and Hunter Biden that would lead the president to consider such an unthinkable action. As you probably already know, we can't get one straight answer from the Chinese about the origins of the coronavirus that's killed nearly 700,000 Americans. Yet, with no cooperation from the Chinese on COVID's origins, the Biden administration wants to give away our secret vaccine sauce, if you will. I'd rather Biden give up the secret formula at the Kentucky Fried Chicken and leave our vaccines alone. Let me pause here and address, in short, A question I get all the time. That question is, why would Democrats use COVID fear tactics to control Americans? It doesn't really make any sense to those who ask me this. To them, such an assertion, claiming Democrats are using COVID fear as a political tool, it just doesn't add up. To them, it appears that Democrats are more cautious about public health than conservatives. They tell me that Democrats are more society-oriented and Republicans are selfishly focused on individual rights and privileges instead of the greater good. Could it be that Democrats are coercively forcing America toward socialism and the COVID pandemic has been a gift vehicle by which to travel that course? I have a long answer to this hypothesis, but here's my short answer. What did Democrats use as the driving reason to pass their, and it was theirs because no Republicans voted for it, their American Rescue Plan Act of 2021? This $1.9 trillion coronavirus rescue package, as if we needed rescuing at that point, gave only $0.09 of every dollar toward anything even remotely related to COVID relief. So where did the other $0.91 go? The nearly $2 trillion price tag makes this economic rescue legislation one of the most expensive in all of US history. And we don't know where the money is really going. This economic extravaganza is only one of President Biden's Build Back Better plans, which also includes the American Jobs Plan and the American Families Plan, totaling another $4 trillion. And if you haven't just heard, Today, the president announced a $6 trillion budget for the coming year, which is double our usual $3 trillion budget. Where in tarnation is all this money coming from, and where is it going? But what are we building back better from? It can't be the Trump years. These were some of the most prosperous years in American history. All this spending for building back better is premised on the pandemic and our coerced agreement that government knows best. That is, Joe Biden and the Democrats' version of government knows best. You know, Democrats used to chant, it's the economy, stupid. Now they chant, it's the pandemic, stupid. How's that working out so far? Many red state governors are sending money from Biden's rescue plan back to the federal government because they didn't like the conditional bribes attached to these funds. For instance, that extra $300 per week in federal supplemental unemployment compensation is paying people more to stay home, unproductive, rather than re-enter the workforce. This supplemental cash is guaranteed through September of this year, and congressional Democrats want to make it permanent. This is socialism, hello! Accepting other funds from the rescue program came with the condition that states weren't allowed to lower taxes of any kind. Most all red states have returned the federal rescue money, but not one blue Democrat-controlled state has done so. We're paying for the incompetence in managing their fiscal responsibility. What have the blue states done with the extra cash from the rescue plan? They've generously given huge, at times as much as $15,000 in a one-time check to illegal aliens working in their states think of New York and California. That's what some of the blue states are doing with money we've borrowed from our children's future. If you haven't noticed also inflation's something we we haven't seen in a generation but it's back and it's making us all poorer. Inflation robs the value of money. Inflation is a tax on every American. This spending has nothing to do with restarting our economy or building back better. But Back to the task at hand. We're tracking the origins of COVID. Perhaps it would be helpful if we briefly reviewed the early history of how we came to know this evil we've labeled COVID-19. For us, it began in December of 2019. Of course, we learned later that it really had begun in China in November of 2019. But in December, we learned that China was quietly mentioning that a new viral pneumonia had popped up in, of all places, Wuhan, China. This story for many reasons was underreported. Come January 9, 2020, WHO officials announced that a mysterious new coronavirus pneumonia was present in Wuhan, China. January 20, 2020, the CDC said that three American airports would begin screening for the coronavirus. This of course was before we had any reliable screening tools other than a person's body temperature. January 21, 2020, the CDC confirms the first U.S. COVID case and a Chinese scientist confirms COVID spreads through human transmission. In other words, COVID is a human-to-human transmitted disease. This was something Dr. Fauci and the CDC remained skeptical of at the time. Two days later, January 23, 2020, in an unprecedented move, the Chinese Communist Party locked down Wuhan and quarantined its population of 11 million. The CCP also placed a lockdown restriction on a 30-mile radius around Wuhan, actually quarantining 18 million people under strict, and I mean strict lockdown. There were reports that Chinese families were literally nailed shut into their homes. January 31, 2020, WHO issued a global health emergency for only the sixth time in its existence. Human-to-human transmission was confirmed by WHO at that time. When we come back from the break, we're going to start with February 2, 2020. So we're going to take a
4: short break. You all come on back now. I'll be here. Well, my fellow Americans, how did you feel watching footage on the news of domestic terrorists looting our stores and burning our cities down? Uh, You were probably disgusted and angry as much as I was. It's disturbing what's going on. Well, you'd be shocked to know that your shopping habits are supporting these extremists. Companies like Amazon, Nike, Disney, FedEx, it's an endless list, and they've been supporting these radical groups. Let's stop supporting companies that fund these extremist groups. We can all do our part. Visit ShopToTheRight.com and you'll find businesses in a nationwide database and companies that are aligned with our American values. Visit ShopToTheRight.com and let's all make a difference.
2: Because of COVID-19, the average American worries about their immune health four times a day. That's 112 times per year. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients, like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a -a one-a-day, pill-free gel pack. It tastes great, is convenient on the go, and it's more natural, too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off.
4: was a time when Americans could rely on the Fourth Estate. Well, in these challenging times, the media is both reckless and complicit. AmericaOutloud.com Top analysis from leading experts, articles, podcasts, video, and 24-7 talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio Liberty and justice for all.
0: and hallucinations and welcome back to the frankly Daniel show prior to the break we were reviewing some of the key milestone dates of this disastrous covid pandemic the next key date is february 2 2020 global air travel to the united states from china was restricted and all americans returning from china faced a two-week home-based mandatory quarantine now this is when the democrats and joe biden in particular unloaded on president trump here was their confirmation that trump was a racist a xenophobe and a white supremacist as we learned later blocking travel from china was something the cdc and dr fauci were dead set against trump went ahead all the same and you know what he was right to do so if anything the cdc and fauci should have recommended it sooner because china was ground zero for covid 19 and Fauci at the time is the head of the NIH's Infectious Disease Division, one of the most prestigious uh, public health positions we have in our public health armamentum. Remember, Dr. Cranky Pants has been the director there since 1984. February 3, 2020. The Trump administration declares a public health emergency due to the coronavirus outbreak. Next date is March 6 to 21, 2020. Twenty-one passengers on a California cruise ship test positive for COVID-19. This was the start of the end, the end of cruising for the next 15 months. March 11, 2020, WHO declares COVID a pandemic. We're more than a year and some months now away from the declaration that this was a global pandemic. March 13th, President Trump declares COVID a national emergency, which unlocks billions of dollars in federal funding to fight the spread of this disease. The Trump administration also issued a travel ban on non Americans who had visited any of the 26 European countries within 14 days of coming to the United States. Those traveling from the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland were exempted. March 19th, 2020, California. California, let me repeat that, California becomes the first state to issue a stay-at-home order mandating all residents to remain home except to go to an essential job or shop for essential needs. How's that lockdown worked out for California? Well, let me skip forward to a couple of dates that loom very large in our discussion. July 6, 2020. Hundreds of scientists... Not a few, but hundreds of scientists call on the World Health Organization to revise recommendations on COVID to better reflect its potential for airborne transmission. Hmm. Previously, WHO stated that COVID spreads primarily via small and large droplets from the nose or mouth emitted when an infected person coughs, sneezes, or speaks. In other words, they really had modeled this as influenza, which is that type of disease. This is a very critical point. COVID, like I said, does not act like influenza, which is predominantly spread by small and large droplets or secretions from one's nose or mouth. Yuck, some of this stuff isn't really all that fun to talk about. (laughs) But in any event, wearing a mask, maintaining social distance, and vigilant hand hygiene in these cases are important public health safety measures for this kind of respiratory disease. But these disease mitigating techniques lose much of their effectiveness when you're dealing with an aerosolized airborne respiratory disease like COVID. July 9, 2020, the World Health Organization announces that the novel coronavirus can be transmitted through the air after more than 200 scientists signed a letter urging the agency to revisit and revise its recommendations. Three days later, they respond and did this. In an updated scientific brief, WHO also notes that the virus may linger in the air in crowded indoor spaces, and emphasized that the virus may be spread by asymptomatic individuals. These two facts, that COVID can linger in the air, in other words, it's an aerosolized and airborne disease, and can also be spread by asymptomatic infected individuals are new and important warnings. Now our CDC picked up on the concern about asymptomatic spread. Unfortunately, they used this information to further scare people into wearing masks. Public and personal anxiety increased since someone who looked and acted totally healthy could infect you with COVID. The message was put on a mask and keep your distance. Only your shadow and the devil knows who's contagious. While masks may marginally interfere with the inhalation and exhalation of infectious viruses, in reality they, they're probably better at signalling to others that you're that you're a liberal Democrat. Conservatives, particularly MAGA hat wearing conservatives, had those weeks through last summer where, not wearing a mask, could get you stoned. No, not like stoned in the movie Easy Rider, but stoned like in the Bible. So instead of protecting you, mask had become a virtue symbol signifying that you were following the CDC and Dr. Fauci's directions. Which is the same thing as being a Democrat. This allegiance became so ridiculous and Really, is still very ridiculous that if the CDC and Fauci, in my opinion, recommended wearing a cardboard box on your head with cutouts for your eyes and ears, people probably would have stormed to their nearest U-Haul, Home Depot, and UPS stores to buy up all the boxes in the nation, and they'd do this without a second thought, which makes one think they probably didn't have a first thought either. Despite the CDC's new masking guidance for vaccinated individuals, there are still scores, hundreds upon hundreds of people, who are still actively seeking mental health device as to how to cope with their mask separation anxiety. Fortunately, I am not one of those individuals. Here's a short audio clip from Dr. Scott Atlas about the mental health issues of mask wearing.
1: You know, I, the main thing I think that we could see from the mask uh, you know, saga is the damage that was done to the American psyche and therefore the really tremendous need really for psychiatric help.
0: Now, Dr. Atlas was being partly serious and partly tongue in cheek because many physicians, respiratory therapists and mental health practitioners can't believe how attached certain folks have become to their face masks. It is not even close. The majority of those dealing with mass separation issues are liberals who've totally bought into Dr. Fauci's propaganda. Social behavioral conditioning, social behavioral conditioning is a dangerous part of social marketing, and we need to be more aware of our allegiance to unfounded guidance and these kinds of mandates. Well, moving along with our day's review. August 17th, 2020, deaths attributed to COVID rank third behind heart disease and cancer in America's leading causes of death by August 17th. Our next date is September 21, 2020. The CDC removes guidance from its website that was posted there for three days earlier saying that the transmission of COVID is airborne. They removed this guidance after posting it for three days. The CDC said that this guidance was posted in error and that the notice was a draft version of a proposed change. Now, isn't that curious? The World Health Organization on July 9, 2020 warns the world that COVID is an aerosolized airborne disease. Some 10 weeks later, our CDC got nearly brave enough to post the same warning or notice for Americans. But then they got cold feet and backed off. Why? I'd like to know which SOB is responsible for this stupidity. You can bet your last box of surgical masks that Dr. Gloom, aka Doctor Fauci, was intimately involved with this decision to yank this new guidance, which wasn't really all that new. The consequence for not fessing up to the truth about this disease this disease's mode of transmission Meant that Fauci would get to appear on TV a thousand more times, telling Americans that wearing masks and social distancing was critical in our fight against this disease. What poppycock! It wasn't until May, it wasn't until May 2021, May 2021, that the CDC finally fessed up and admitted that COVID is an aerosolized airborne disease. This really has big-time ramifications. I'm sure Dr. Fauci went into that good night before this announcement, kicking and screaming the whole time. The honest-to-gosh truth is that improved ventilation, rapid air exchange in a room, and HEPA filter technology, those are the keys to thwarting indoor transmitted COVID-19. Shame on the CDC and shame on Dr. Fauci. And while I'm at it, shame on the stupidity of the Joe Biden administration for parading around like zombies and masks. My nerves already. Biden even attends Zoom meetings wearing masks. How ridiculous. President Biden, who was the first most visible vaccine hesitant, along with his gal pal, uh, Kamala Harris, they, they were hesitant because Trump was involved in the vaccine program. You remember all that? Well, he and Kamala finally broke down. And in December of 2020, December, six months ago got vaccinated despite being vaccinated however biden was recently mocked around the world when he wore his silly mask during a virtual zoom international climate summit that was in april of this year what leadership message was he sending americans in the world our covid vaccines don't work should the president of the united states be modeling fear when vaccine hesitancy delays America from reaching herd immunity? But Joe was modeling fear for a reason. You know, you can't build back better until the pandemic has really forced the nation to its knees. Of all the dumb political stunts, Joe and Jill, Lord Jill and Joe, went to Georgia on May 4th to visit the 96-year-old former President Jimmy Carter and the 93-year-old first lady, Rosalind Carter. And all four of them were maskless for pictures. I'm sure you saw these dollhouse photos where the Bidens appear as giants next to the munchkin-like former president and first lady. Now, all four of these people are vaccinated, so maskless is okay. The Bidens say goodbye and walk outside. The first thing they do is put their masks back on. They're outside they're both vaccinated. Joe and the Democrats need the pandemic long enough to push through trillions of dollars in socialist spending and long enough for Joe and his party to take credit for ending the pandemic and rebounding the economy. But there's a problem. As it's said, the cat or cats are out of the bag. We're at herd immunity. New cases are falling faster than my bank account. I wasn't supposed to say it. Forget my bank account thing. Anyway, Americans have wised up that more spending at the expense of mortgaging our children's future is just simply nuts. And inflation, the result of too much money in the economy is making us poorer, not richer. Follow the science. Really, Joe, if you're following the science, while I'm on the topic of Joe Biden's mask behavior, allow me to note that on August 13th of 2020, Joe Biden, still a presidential nominee at the time, called on all governors to require, and I emphasize the word require, their citizens to wear masks anytime they go out in public throughout the month of November, you know, the election month. He said, require, require or what? They'll be shot if elected. Joe promises to make masking a mandatory practice. Candidate Joe Biden went on to claim that his mask proposal would save 40,000 lives. I like that round number, it was like 40,112, now it's just 40,000 lives, in the coming weeks. Later, then, as president elect, Mr. Biden called on Americans to practice strict mask wearing behaviors for the first 100 days of his administration. <laughs> he spuriously claimed that this would save an additional 50,000 lives. This is political and medical voodoo. Joe didn't save 90,000 lives. I have no compunction in telling you that I've been against widespread nonsensical mask wearing by the general public from the beginning, especially outdoors. I'm blessed to be living in Florida where there's never been a state-mandated mask policy. Newsflash, this just came across the wires. Quote, randomized controlled trials have not clearly demonstrated mask efficiency against respiratory viruses and observational studies conflict on whether mask use predicts lower infection rates. We hypothesized that statewide mask mandates and mask use are associated with lower COVID-19 case growth in the United States. In other words, they tested this hypothesis that those states with mask mandates should have lower infection rates than states like Florida that never had a mask mandate. So these researchers compared states and their conclusion mask mandates and use are not let me emphasize not associated with slower state level COVID spread during COVID growth surges. In other words, what I've been telling you for the last three weeks are masks really aren't effective in this type of respiratory disease. More studies are on the way and these will come to the same conclusions. Dr. Infallible Fauci and the misguided CDC are wrong. Masks nor six foot social distancing make any meaningful difference when it comes to COVID-19 infections. COVID is clearly an aerosolized airborne disease and masks are a trivial defense against such a disease. But don't take my word for it, go to YouTube. You know, Yogi Berra said, you can see a lot by just watching. This is certainly true when it comes to understanding the efficacy of wearing surgical masks to prevent either the inhaling or the exhaling of the coronavirus. You can find YouTube videos showing surgical masks held in place while an investigator sprays a pressurized aerosol into the mask. In other words, it's as if you're exhaling while talking. You'll be amazed to see how much the aerosol skips right on through the mask. This demonstration is done in reverse, as if you were breathing in. Same results. The coronavirus is infinitesimally smaller than those you're seeing in the aerosol being sprayed through these surgical masks. This simple experiment is easily repeated at home. Once you see this, I hope you'll just stop putting on the stupid mask. There is a caveat, however. If you or someone else you're remarkably close to, I mean physically close to, has a clinically active case of COVID, and either of you are hacking, coughing, and sneezing, then wear a mask. It's advisable. A mask won't do all that much to impede the aerosolized COVID particles, but it will catch and trap the larger droplets and secretions. I mean, at least in in this respect, it's, preferable, it's a preferable aesthetic, I would say, compared to not wearing a mask. And well, I'm on my favorite topic of face masks. Let me share with you that red state governors in Utah, Iowa, and Texas, and many others have passed laws or issued executive orders saying school districts can no longer mandate masks on children as a condition for in-person in class attendance. Regular Americans have had it with uh, the Fauci baloney about masks. And as if we've not heard enough from the American Federation of Teachers Unions, the National Nurses United, the largest registered nurse union in the U.S., recently denounced the CDC mask guidance, claiming it puts patients, frontline workers, and nurses at risk of getting COVID. They're all welcome to wear masks, as many masks, and as for as long as they wish, as far as I'm concerned. Just please go away. Uh, we've, been, we've been through this before. More pandemic politics from the left. Someone at the nurses' union isn't keeping up with the literature or, for that matter, common sense. They're upset that the CDC director stepped out of her lane and turned heretic when she issued new mask guidance last week. Here's a message for the National Nurses Union. It's the media and Democrats pushing COVID vaccines, stupid. They've switched from being mask police into being vaccine police. So go get yourself vaccinated and you won't get COVID and you won't spread COVID. You all need to keep up with your party's policing politics. Apparently bashing the CDC is the new pastime on the left. For months now, under the Biden administration's control, the left and the liberal-established Trump-hating media worshipped the CDC as the world's gold standard. But after Walensky reversed on mask mandates, the love is gone. Various media anchors have called the mask reversal very scary, a baffling, whiplash-inducing decision, a bitter disappointment to unions and other safety advocates, as if that's the role of unions, right? And they all continue to warn us of the deadly new variants. The scare must go on. It's like a new episode of the Night of the Walking Zombie variants. Here a variant, there a variant, everywhere a variant masks are no more effective against covid variants than covid itself so what science are these obsessive compulsive masked crazed followers following i know it's cool to pretend dress up when you're six years old but come on perhaps they're wearing earplugs as a covid protective measure as well now you may remember last year when 38 cases of covid were reported by people who had unknowingly self-infected themselves by touching and rubbing their eyes. These cases were confirmed and Dr. Fauci had a new preventative measure to hawk. You guessed it, eye goggles. Well, not only are masks mostly ineffective against COVID, but the CDC never set standards for masks. There's no such thing as a standard CDC approved COVID mask. What type of material should a mask be made of? Should it be disposable or wash and wear? After all, coronaviruses are so small that not even Superman can see them. If you're using standard surgical masks, do you use a new one every day? After all, if they're blocking all those bad viruses, why would you put the same mask on day after day? Having your nose stick out over your mask, is that okay? Who hasn't seen the chic approach to mask protection? (laughs) All you ever hear from Dr. Fauci is to wear a mask, any mask. Heck, if one is good, wear two, they're better. Go for three, that's best. What nonsense. Just be thankful he didn't suggest using rolls of toilet paper to make masks. Now that's something that was truly in short supply as we all hoarded it those first 10 months of the pandemic. Now, Speaking about variants, so far scientists have identified five notable variants of concern. It appears that those folks reporting they've had COVID symptoms or thought they caught the full-blown COVID infection long after being vaccinated, well, these folks most likely caught one of these COVID variants. No one appears to have had any serious or major problems with these variant infections. In the majority of these cases, symptoms last a few days and aren't serious. The COVID vaccine didn't fail these people. In fact, it prevented serious problems. Now, let me share this with you. I just can't resist. If you look at what's happening daily at our wide open southern border, you can only conclude that the phrase, quote, homeland security is an oxymoronic mouthful. It certainly isn't secure as practiced by the Biden administration, nor Homeland Secretary, Mr. Alejandro Mayorkas. Mr. Mayorkas was at an open press conference on May 24th. Secretary Mayorkas was wearing a big black mask on his face while speaking at the podium. Now, the nearest human being was 30 feet away. Why was he wearing a mask? Did he see COVID in the air? Didn't he get the CDC mask update? Go figure. The Biden administration, and most certainly Nancy Pelosi, are still clinging to their political masks. I suppose this way you can't really see their lips moving when they're lying to you. And, oh yes, if you haven't heard it from Secretary Mayorkas, remember that the border is closed. And no, they don't have time to COVID test those 180,000 undocumented aliens rushing across the border every month. They don't even have the time to give them court date notices to appear to defend their asylum claims. What a country! But not to worry, you won't contract COVID from Secretary Mayorkas because he's wearing his face mask. Please, please don't get me wrong, I am not a cynic by nature. It takes years to develop my sense of skepticism. I genuinely love the healthcare professions. I've been a loyal member of this community as a practitioner and an educator for more than fifty years. I love the fields of respiratory care and public health care policy. I've practiced them here and in numerous other nations on four different continents. I've been blessed to walk the halls and practiced in some of the world's most prestigious academic medical centers with many of the world's top scientists and healthcare practitioners. But this is exactly why I could spit nails over the chicanery used to dumb down and confiscate our trust in public health and public health care policy throughout this pandemic. What happened to liberty and limited government? What happened to our natural skepticism of big, overreaching government? Didn't our forefathers build into our Constitution a caveat about the natural tendency of governments? Governments want to grow and exert increasing control over their subjects. Hello, we're nobody's subjects. We're Americans. We've seen over the past 15 months that arrogance and stupidity of our leadership can have life and death consequences. We should know better, we deserve better, and we need to start demanding better. Well, my time is coming to a close. I'll be back next week with a continuation of Biden's and Fauci's COVID-19 Policies for Dummies, Part 4. And I'll pick up right where we're leaving off today. At this point, in its late maturity, the entire story of COVID-19 is fast-paced and it's moving into hyperdrive. Not only are we turning the page on the pandemic, but we've also turned entire chapters. And now we're going to get to the bottom of the malarkey we've been poisoned with over the last 15 months. And what's to come has serious consequences for our nation, for us, and most certainly our children there are still so many questions to be answered, like, what has China done to the world? Will the revelations about Fauci's lies and cover-up over all things COVID, will, will he be exposed for the political hack he's become in support of a far-left progressive and extremely dangerous socialist agenda? Will Biden's gambit to build back better be torpedoed by our recognition that we don't need to And we won't agree to spend trillions upon trillions of dollars more to recover from COVID. Instead of building back better, we're going to just keep building on the same proven formula delivered to America by President Donald J. Trump. Now, it would be wonderful if Trump returned to the White House in 2024. But you know, it's not necessary for America to continue to thrive. We know the way now. Yes, we got terribly lost during the Obama years, and if anything, four years of a radical, spend-crazed Biden administration has reminded us that the road to perdition is paved with evil Marxist intentions. So I invite you to come back. Please come back next week. Now I regret I have only one life to give to my fellow conservatives, and I regret I have only one hour to give to this topic today. I'll return, however, so much more to say. I hope you found this informative. As I said last week, my recommendation is that if you have a full box of surgical masks at home, don't buy any more. They don't do well at garage sales. I've already tried. Please follow me on Twitter. I do follow back. You can find me at DFBharvard, all one word, just as in Daniel Francis Baranowski, that's what the initials stand for, DFB Harvard, I can't possibly thank you enough. You were so marvelous and patient with me again today. Let's do talk therapy again next week. Same place, same time. Until then, my friends, cheers and blessings.